amazing to think that we are already using a platform that gives everybody what they what they really want, which is to be part of the story. Can you describe your first experience putting on that headset as ah. a performer? <laughs> yeah. Ah, there it is. That's it. Just That's in it. one word. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Brendan Bradley with the Fifth Wall Forum, committed to bringing together industry insiders from the theater and technology worlds to create opportunities for new kinds of virtual performance. And today I'm having a conversation with Deirdre V. Lyons, a performer and producer and co-founder of Ferryman Collective. Today's conversation is brought to you by the Fifth Wall Forum Discord channel, a robust community of almost 300 technologists and artists sharing job postings, tutorials, upcoming performances, and the home of Artifact Friday, where our mentors and collaborators share artifacts from their work, giving Fifth Wall Forum members a first glimpse at the latest in innovation and immersive storytelling. Find out more at our website at fifthwallforum.com. That's 5-T-H-W-A-L-L-F-O-R-U-M.com. And now let's get to the conversation. Welcome, Deirdre. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. This is so exciting because we are actually safely distanced in the same geolocation. It's we are in three dimensions. Amazing. In, like real three dimensions. It's so cool. We are in human space. <laughs> um, and I'm especially honored because you very recently got back to the same human space as me because you just got back from the Venice Film Festival. That's correct. From Venice, Italy, which is a an absolute dream. If you've never been, it's crazy. They have no cars and people move around by water bus. It's just nuts. Such a beautiful place. And you moved around both by water bus and in virtual reality while you were there. What was it like now in the after times? There were the before times and the after times <laughs> with the shutdown. What is it like going to one of these festivals that was this like beacon of independent networking and creation? It, well, it's definitely still starting back up, but it was it was brilliant because it was a little bit more intimate and people had a little bit more time to hang out nice. and talk and have lunch and um, catch a coffee or go out for drinks. And so we, we were able to talk to a lot of amazing people, see a lot of people that we had spent time with in mm -hmm. virtual reality and, and then got to see them across the table, sort of like <laughs> what's happening with us right now. Right. This is brilliant. Um, and it was, it was beautiful. I mean, I remember like the second night we got there, we were sitting across from Avinash who uh, works with Jason Moore a lot. And, uh, he's with, uh, we make VR.com and Michael Salmon, who is, uh, works with, uh, dark field radio yes. and they have some some really super chilling cool stuff so if you haven't checked out their stuff it's really awesome and we're sitting there um steve and i my husband and i uh having having dinner uh, that on this sort of deck of this beautiful restaurant that's overlooking the water and we're just talking you're like man that skybox is gorgeous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man the hdri work on that was very very well done <laughs> No, it's so true. And, and Michael Salmon, who always cracks me up, he calls it, um, we're going to meet in our meat skins. Yes, yes. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what has that been like to foster these relationships around the globe and then get to meet these people in meat sack space? Oh, man, it's 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 brilliant. I, you feel like you already know them. Right. And really the biggest difference, because often you've seen them on Zoom or what have you and in, in, in avatars, is how tall are they? Sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah, that's like the biggest mystery because you feel like you've seen them, you've hung out with them in, you know, either on 2D or 3D and then you get to, you get to meet in person and you feel like you've, you've known each other forever because you have, you've, you've basically spent time together and then all of a sudden you get to find out how tall or short they are. <laughs> now you were there not only playing with collaborators, but playing 
in the festival in VR performing for Welcome to Respite. Can you talk about what the setup was like? Some of these festivals, they do that like hybrid where you go into a booth and like you can see the people performing in VR. Other times you're just in the hotel room, but you happen to be meeting with people that are also, quote unquote, probably in that hotel room at the festival. <laughs> what was the setup like at Venice? Well, Venice normally, pre-pandemic, had a little island that they would set up with right. just VR. It was And you would have location-based VR experiences. You'd have little booths with headsets and people could come in and see shows. Um, because, because we are just recently coming sort of out of the whole uh, pandemic thing, they had uh, a room with about 14, I think it was 14 little areas where people could go in and see the see things that were in VR on the different headsets. I think they had a HTC as well as a, an Oculus available for people to, you know, sit down with somebody who can navigate the whole, like, put the headset on and, right. you know, this is the, this is the one you want to see and let me start that for you. Let me know if you need anything. So it was really well curated. Um, people felt very much taken care of and didn't get, you know, lost in, <laughs> in how to get there. Our, our experience is a little different though, because most of the people who came to see, uh, welcome to respite, which is the, the production that we were showing at the Venice film festival. Um, amazingly enough, uh, <laughs> uh, they, they have to come in, uh, through VR chat and oftentimes they're at home. And so navigating that is always a bit of a challenge. Onboarding sure. is always sure. tough. Yeah. Uh, we try to make it easy with videos and, you know, lots of emails right. with all the steps and the troubleshooting stuff. You but know how much everyone loves to read. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody reads. But, you know, we eventually we get them in and we get to do the show. But usually the people who are coming to see our show are doing it from home. Right. Mm -hmm. cool. Because we're not pre-recorded. We're live. Which is amazing. Yes. And these experiences that you're talking about in the little kind of booth area or setup area, those are more kind of like living installations or museums that people are going into, or are those also live experiences that are happening? They, they are not live. They're pre-recorded. So that some of them, you know, some of them are like 360 or 180 movies. Some of them are like sixed off VR experiences. Those are all pre-recorded. There was uh, the winner, La, La Balle de Paris. They had a pre-recorded version that mm. you could see on on the headset right like as in, a 360 experience or something yeah in in the booth but they also were doing a location-based version with live dancers as well so they had sort of two things going on but everything in the booth was all pre-recorded and i was i was thinking that you know eventually one day we will have our own version of the oscars and the emmys but it won't be mm. like all of these ones competing against each right, other because right. it's like apples and oranges right so you've got 360 video that's like like the film version and then the sixth off experiences and then like our live experiences and putting putting a like a documentary up against a feature film you would you would never do that right. for the oscars right, right? It, you would, it's not a or, thing or it's kind of like when um the martian was nominated for best comedy or musical at the Golden Globes. <laughs> and Matt Damon was like, what is happening? Like, okay, sure. Um, but, you know, like, it's weird when there's a category that doesn't really know how to capture the medium. Right. Or, you know, or the work. Right. So all of these experiences are going up against each other for the awards, but they don't really, they're right. not really the same things. And they, it's kind of hard. When content becomes more readily available and there's more experiences, I think then we will, and as this thing develops and this emerging platform comes out as a, as a premier storytelling platform, which I believe it will because it is so powerful, 
it will have its own it'll have its own version of of these awards and it will have its own categories because they are so very different what is it about live responsive that attracts you that kind of stands out for you as not wanting to make 360 films or kind of six stop installations but about specifically this live responsive interaction oh, within the narrative. Always the connection, yeah. the connection to the audience. It just, it gives me chills when you have an audience member um, or members in, in a show with you and you, you give them your, your, you know, your care and your art and they respond mm. with the same care and magic. It, it's just, it's, it's really what, I find exciting about this medium, um, uh, the the liveness of it, the being able to interact and connect to people all over the globe. And a lot of times it isn't even um, restricted by communication because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are universal. So language can sometimes be um, jumped over by certain things like, you know, a cookie. You know, a <laughs> kid doesn't like a cookie, right? <laughs> right, right. I love that. And I think the biggest reaction that I think from the capital I industry side that we hear the kind of pushback is the scalability, right, mm-hmm. of live, of the idea of like, well, these one-on-one, very personal connected experiences, how can that really be monetized in a meaningful way mm-hmm. if it's so one-on-one or so kind of insular? And you all, I don't believe anyone else has really tried something like this before yet in VR specifically but for Welcome to Respite, you approached multiple casts that you trained and standardized to run the same show in the same instance for Venice. Mm-hmm. And so you took these characters that you originated, you created, and then helped mold and shape them and guide basically like touring productions. Like if we had the Southeast tour and the Asian tour and the <laughs> European tour, but we all were at the same venue performing so that you could almost treat it like shifts at a restaurant of like who can take Tuesday night and oh I got this thing now on Thursday can someone trade with me talk about the experience of first of all how you all decided to scale but also the thoughtfulness because I I can brag that from the rehearsal and because I went through this process with you it was such a gift to be in the hands of the original creators of these characters and really receive not just the like so walk over here, hit this button, and then this happens. But really the thoughtfulness of what was happening emotionally, narratively, like you said, this gift that we give to the audience, but then you gave that to your fellow actors, which was just a really beautiful experience to be a part of. Oh, thank you. I, you know, it, our actors are, are amazing, and they were all chosen because they have such great gifts and um, because because they had some ability in VR because we didn't have a right. lot of time. Right. But I think that you have to give them, give, give our actors, give, give each other the understanding of why these lines are said and what this moment is about, because it is live with an audience member who is part of the show Mm -hmm. and they don't know their lines. They don't, and they're not supposed to, and they, they don't know what's happening and they're not supposed to, but we have to be able to adapt to whatever it is that our, our Alex character gives them. And that that was the most important thing. So understanding what this moment is about so that, you know, you can you can have the ability to improv should you need to if your Alex gives you something unexpected or mm. different, and which they almost almost always do. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about this production is it started out as an in-real-life production, right? It started out with it being produced in 2019 with Coact Productions, and uh, Lindsay Scoggin was the director on that, and she... Uh, 
she did a beautiful job of the show that I got to be the, the shadow of the voice on. I loved the show after I got to see it. It was just, it was magic. And so I, I approached her to bring this into VR because, uh, because of the scalability thing, right? We learned quite quickly from Para and Krampusnock that we had to have a, an audience to actor ratio that was, that was decent, right? You can't have as many actors as you have audience members. It's mm-hmm. too hard. Although this was a show that was one, uh, one audience member and two actors. So it was a little bit like, um, are we going backwards? <laughs> but we realized that we have this VR thing, which is like a magical machine that allows the technology to give us the ability to make invisible avatars. So now we can bring in way more audience members and they can see the show and we've created their own track because we're immersive theater tellers mm-hmm. as opposed to proscenium. We like to give people stuff they can interact with. So our, our alter track, as we call our other actors who are more observant, has its own interactions. You know, they have memory orbs and they get to try to protect Alex. But we were actually able to scale this show up because of technology Mm. and eventually when technology gets better as it gets faster as we can bring more people in an instance it will naturally start to scale um, by itself as we build out and learn what it is we can do and what are what's the best way to tell a story because we're sort of like back in the 20s with film okay right you know so they're like oh this is cool what do we do let's film a play okay that's boring (laughs) let's not do that all right so now we're at now you know how many ever decades later we're over the shoulders and fast cuts and cgi and music to give you the the feeling of of things but but all of that all of that is to put the person watching the show sort of into the movie Mm -hmm. and they're doing this with a 2d medium by trying to fudge these sort of different things to make the 2d feel more um more immersive like the music gives you your feelings and you're looking over the shoulder so you feel like you're getting the point of view of the character vr does that for you right (laughs) so it's just it's it's just there so it's it's kind of amazing to think that we are already using a platform that gives everybody what they what they really want which is to be part of the story can you describe your first experience putting on that headset as ah. a performer <laughs> yeah. ah, there it is that's it just that's in it. one word <laughs> how long like when when was your first headsetted performance experience or rehearsal or oh, experience that was with uh, uh and bless bless uh tender claws and the under presents they brought me in as one of the actors in their Second round of casting, because I basically was like, hey, I know all those people in this show, or at least half of them. Right. I'm like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I would love to do that. If you have any other auditions, let me know. And I got an email like two weeks later. And That's I was amazing. like, boom, right. now I'm doing this. And, you know, the controllers and the headset. And the, I mean, the putting on a headset, like it's magical. Like every time you take it and put on somebody and they've never done it before, you can just, they go, oh, wow. And you're like, yeah. Right. And so then trying to put the headset on and using the controllers was maddening. Sure. Right. Trying yes. to act oh, while yeah. like with your thumbs. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually you, what's more important is the person that the audience that's over there that mm-hmm. you're talking to that you're in front of in real life or in, in not in real life, in, in virtual reality, in VR. It feels like because there's a presence there and you know it. That's more important than whatever it is your fingers are doing, and it becomes a priority. So you just make your fingers do what they need to do, and eventually it becomes muscle memory. Exactly, like a dance almost. Mm, yeah. That's cool. 
Um, how many hours would you say you have now logged in headset uh. as a performer? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I've been doing this for like two, I want to say like early thousands because I, I mean, not only am I going into headset for shows, for rehearsals, but I go into headset for social reasons, um, for, for sort of networking, finding people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, one of the team members, uh, screaming color, who's an amazing, uh, uh, just an amazing person and does all the animations for, for our show, does a lot of the sound, um, is co-sound director with Jeff Heimbuck and also did a lot of the music. Met him in VR Chat's community world building get together on Sundays. Wow. Yeah. So like, just like a, a lot of time just hanging out. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Do you have any sort of a ritual or a onboarding off boarding process for yourself? I find that like, I have to have a very specific, if I'm going to spend a lot of hours in there, I've got to have a very specific way in and way out to kind of (laughs) keep a foot in both realities. (laughs) I'm I'm a little bit more running behind than that. Okay. I'm like, just throw it together and get in as long as I have like a chair to sit in. Nice. Right. Every times when I'm like, you know, in headset and then eating at the same time. (laughs) That is a skill. It is not easy. Oh, I can't, I can't do any, like if I have to take a sip of water or something, I have to almost fully remove the headset. That is a gift. That is a gift. Um, I'd be curious, do you ever get nauseous? Cause that's the number one concern that a lot of people have with the kind of weird locomotion inside of VR. Yeah, th- there's been times. Certainly. Um, I remember in the under presents going up a spiral staircase and I was like, <laughs> Oh, I finished up that little scene, took my headset off and just laid on the bed. I was like, oh, that was that. I shouldn't have done that. Right. Um, but eventually, you know, pretty quickly, uh, most people, not everybody, but most people get what we call their sea legs or mm-hmm. their VR legs. Um, but I still get nauseous every once in a while. One time I was in headset with a friend on Thanksgiving evening, had a big meal had a little wine, Mm -hmm. really not a good idea, not a good idea. I would not recommend that. Um, so don't do that. And uh, (laughs) don't drink, don't drink in world top. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not a good idea. Um, and then there are tricks that you can learn like, Oh, I'm starting to get a little nauseous. Let me, I usually stand up instead of sit down. That'll usually take care of it. Um, or I'll close my eyes for a second or just stare at something. And that usually takes care of it. Cool. I'd love to know a little more about some of these experiences like Welcome to Respite or The Tempest and The Under Presents, Binding Pandora X. What is your thought on kind of this evolving? There's this hyper independent community that's really making it happen right now and behind the scenes, lifting up the hood and like breaking everything to try to make these shows work. But we are moving towards these possibility of these very kind of event based premium experiences. Where do you see the industry headed as far as this like? very lovely community that you're describing where we meet up and we crowdsource and we knowledge share and then the like big capital I growing industry side of it. Oh, certainly right now it's a lot more collaborative than it is competitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say none of this would exist if I first didn't get cast in the underpresents and second didn't do finding Pandora X because Ferryman collective grew directly out of that. Um, Brian and Brayden came to see one of the dress rehearsals for the show prior to Venice last year. And that's what inspired uh, uh, the four of us to go off and start creating things. So right now, everybody is very excited to help support and create together and share knowledge and all that stuff. So it's a beautiful time to be involved. 
Um, but eventually I, I do think that, you know, corporations will get involved and money will get involved and things will get more complicated. And, you know, there, there's good and bad that comes with that. And I think it's a matter of, you know, staying true to ourselves and what is important to us and keeping our true north and making sure that the experiences that we create align with uh, what we believe in and how we want to interact with our audience. Mm. What is your true north? <laughs> my my true north is always about having connection with the audience, right? The reason that we're doing Welcome to Respite is because I I brought it to the team and said, I think this would be great in VR. Mm. There was a lot of doubts as to whether this would be spectacular enough for this experience, that spectacular enough for VR in general. Wow. And I I just knew that there was more intimacy that could be found in the connection between the audience, because I'd seen glimpses of it. I'd seen it a little bit in Pandora X. I'd seen it a little bit in The Underpresents, but they were fleeting. And I wanted a, a production that, you know, was a small amount of actors and that sort of had a prolonged intimacy with, with the audience. And, and for me, that's always what's more interesting. I'm not a flash in the pan kind of girl. I do mm -hmm. love the moment when the book opens and turns oh, into the house. That, that moment doesn't? for me yeah. always is like, okay, here we go. Right. right. <laughs> um, but for me, the show is really nothing without those true moments with our audience that are honest and pure and if the audience is receptive to it, are magical. Ferryman Collective specifically has really done an impressive job over the last, you're describing, year. I mm -hmm. mean, there was Para, I believe, mm -hmm. and then there was Krampus Knocked, mm -hmm. and now there's Welcome to Respite. Mm -hmm. That sounds insane. I think for anybody listening, you know, doing one show sounds insane in a year. <laughs> but the idea that you've done three, can you talk about... For anyone out there that wants to get started or is looking to do their first show, what are those first steps, you know, to either finding collaborators or like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to code or I don't know how to animate. Like, how do I do any of this? Like, what is your first step to approaching these works? Uh, it was luck. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You heard it here. Get lucky. So, so as I mentioned, Brian and Braden, they came to see uh, Finding Pandora X when it was in its biggest rehearsals. You are correct. Uh, the the one year mark is like right with Welcome to Respite at Venice. It's Amazing. sort of like full circle. Wow. But they, they were like, Brian, who loves Halloween, was like, I'm inspired. I'm going to make a Halloween haunt in VR chat. And I'm just going to do that. And so Braden's like, yeah, I'll write it. And I was like, yeah, I'll help you with the actors and get that on, on, on going. And Steve's like, yeah, I'll come on and help with, you know, ticketing and right. creation and producing and all that stuff. And, uh, of course we wanted to perform in it cause that's, that's our heart, you know, performing. And uh, that's, that's how we got started. We had a month, right? Because, you know, they came to see it at the beginning of September and, you know, October was the next month. So there we go. So it was just, and it was just more of a proof of concept. It mm -hmm. was like, Brian was like, I know enough about unity to build a world. So I'm going to build a world. Um, I think you could even do it even easier in something like Altspace because right. I, I believe their world builder tools are easier um, or, you know, finding a world that already exists and maybe talking to the creator of that world and, you know, doing something like that. Uh, I, I think it's a lot easier than people 
believe a lot easier than people expect. I would right? agree. I would agree. <laughs> and um, it's just a matter of of just doing it and mm-hmm. starting it and trying it. And and the people who who are doing it are really accessible. Like I said, everything's you know collaboration right now. If you reached out to somebody and you wanted to talk to them, they'll talk to you and answer questions and get back to you. I have my suspicions. But uh, this is a question I always get asked because people are like, why Mozilla Hubs? Uh, and, and I'm like, so why VR chat? Yeah, no, that's not a surprising <laughs> question, uh, especially considering. Um, yes, we choose VR chat because of the full body avatars, cool. it, especially when we were starting out, you know, Halloween haunt. Can't really mm-hmm. do a scary monster in all space. It's, it's just too cheery. <laughs> I mean, they try and they do a good job at, at their at their stuff, but it just it, it feels too it feels too much in, like in a box, right? So with VR chat, we could create full body avatars that were whatever we wanted them cool. to be. Cool. And in that one, it was sort of like they started out with as like a like a like a bunny, right? And mm-hmm. then you would watch the bunny sort of disintegrate into like a monster. So we wanted to be able to have. Uh, that effect and you can't do that in a lot of different platforms sure. same thing for the world right you can do a you can do a lot with the world you can make it what you want and then upload it within certain parameters sure. so 50 megabytes is uh-huh. all we get for uh-huh. our quest friendly worlds yep. it's not a lot no um so those are the reasons we choose vr chat if there was a better pro- uh, platform we would probably use it cool mm-hmm. very cool we touched a little bit on like how you find people, but I think what we do with this podcast is try to signal boost a little bit. Is there a resource or a collaborator that you and the Ferryman Collective are seeking in the world right now that would really help whatever that next project is or help keep you moving towards that North Star? Oh gosh, yes. We, I mean, we're certainly open to anybody who wants to come on and, and, and join the group. I mean, you know, we're all just plugging away, you know, right. our little creative hearts out over here. So yeah, if there's anybody who's out there who, um, who, who wants to reach out and, you know, participate, we are happy to chat and talk about, you know, if it might be a right fit for, for them. Is there a department or a type of collaborator you currently don't have on the team? Um, I think, you know, we, we could probably use some more world builders, cool. right? Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, especially with some of the opportunities that seem to be coming down the road that, you know, maybe we could branch out a little bit more and take on a little bit more if we had um, more world creators um, and people who understand unity. I mean, ideally, in the in the world that was like amazing and perfect and beautiful, we'd have somebody who knew how to make a platform. Sure, for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> we also don't want to be platform runners, you know, so, uh, you know, being able to make our own app would be nice. So that, that would be lovely. Um, but eh, you know, we're, we're plugging along and, and, you know, sort of believing kismet and serendipity. If, if the right person wants to reach out and find us, then we'll find them too. Cool. Um, if someone's listening and they're like, it's me, um, (laughs) how do they get in touch with you? Oh, info at ferrymencollective.com they can email us Lovely. yeah or um, look up the severance theory.com that's the website for for welcome to respite which the plan is is that it's a f- like a three or four part series so the severance theory is sort of the the, the name the overall of the, brand yeah and then welcome to respite is one of the chapters cognizance we're working on next that's the second chapter and cool. then Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will keep posted on that. In the meantime, thank you so much for having a conversation with me. It's been lovely chatting. Lovely. It's been lovely. Thank you. 
Thanks so much to Deirdre V. Lyons for the conversation. If you want to join me on the show, find me online at the handle Brendan A. Bradley or go to fifthwallforum.com to find out more. I'm Brendan Bradley wishing you a happy Friday and I'll see you next time.